3: Today
1: on the WCBS Morning News
3: Roundup... The coach at St. Peter says his team is ready tonight and that personally, he's sick of the hype.
0: I just want to get back to playing basketball, man.
4: City workers who were fired for not getting vaccinated might sue now that pro athletes are getting a pass. This does change the legal outlook. I'm Sean Adams at City Hall.
0: Those opposed to another homeless shelter in Chinatown say it will lead to more anti-Asian hate. Chinatown streets will be even more unsafe. I'm Mac Rosenberg in Chinatown.
1: New York City's most horrific arson in our news radio, 88 seconds and sound.
3: This is Friday, March 25th. Good morning, I'm Paul Murnane.
1: Morning, I'm Wayne Cabot. Damp start to what's going to be a
3: generally cloudy day, some sun at times, and the gusty breeze, the high, right around 60. The most improbable team in Sweet 16 history. The Peacocks of St. Peter's will strut their stuff tonight. That is, if the Peacocks don't get plucked by Purdue. You like
1: that? huh? St. Peter's is an underdog, alright, but then again, they weren't sp- supposed to beat number two, Kentucky, and then number seven, Murray State, and Brad Heller is here about a bunch of guys who really have captured our collective imagination, Brad.
3: Yeah, Wayne, the Peacocks, they're looking to take over Philadelphia tonight. They've already taken over our area with the excitement of just getting to the Sweet 16. They'll be the first of four games tonight against Purdue. Yes, they are 12-and-a-half point underdogs, but as Coach Shaheen Holloway told CBS last night, anything can happen in one game.
0: That's what the the double-A tournament
4: is about, right? And you know, I, I tell people all the time, it's not an NBA series. It's a, it's not a five-game series, it's a
3: one-game series. So if you're playing good on that night, on that day, we kind of took advantage of it. They took advantage of it against Kentucky. Took advantage of it against Murray State. So the Peacocks, they're not going to sneak up on Purdue tonight. Purdue is a really good team. They've got an All-American guard. They've got a seven-foot-four center. St. Peter's trying to become the first 15th seed ever to make the Elite Eight 709 tip-off tonight. And, guys, we will all be watching. You know, not to get ahead of ourselves here, but I bet in Jersey City they're already changing the town signs to Titletown.
1: You're ahead of yourself. <laughs> Just a little bit. A <laughs> little,
3: little uh, overboard there. In
1: New York City, fired workers think they have a legal case against Mayor Adams now that he's decided not to apply the COVID mandates uniformly and carving out the exception for athletes and performers. At City Hall this morning, Sean Adams. Good morning, Sean. Do these workers want their jobs back, or are they looking for a payout here?
4: That could depend from person to person, and we'll have to wait to see, you know, what type of legal action is taken. But I think it is fair to say that these fired city workers who refuse to get the COVID vaccine, what they want, they want justice. They want equal treatment. They say it is unfair. They got axed while super-rich sports stars are getting a pass here. Attorney Louis Gilarmino. We're not sure what we're doing yet. We're doing the legal research right now. This legal action might take another form in the form of an EEOC complaint. We're not sure yet. So he's talking about the, the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which enforces laws against workplace discrimination. So we'll have to see here. Could this be a case about uh, uh, equal, equal, equal protection under the law? Wayne, Paul? Sean, what is City Hall saying about this? Well, Mayor Adams uh, is standing his ground. Uh, He argues that this exemption is necessary, really, to to keep New York City's economy going. Uh, Pro sports, big business for New York City. In uh, the mayor's eyes, uh, he's leveling the playing field here because he didn't think that it was fair that, let's say, someone like Nets superstar Kyrie Irving had to sit out home games while unvaccinated visiting players did not.
1: Well, everybody complains about the plight of the homeless in New York City. But whenever there are plans to address it, very often it runs into neighborhood opposition. And WCBS's Mac Rosenberg is in Chinatown, where locals came out last night to protest a new shelter on Grand Street. Mac, what specifically do protesters object to?
0: Well, Wayne, uh, they are worried about a couple things. First of all, they point to the fact that there are already six homeless shelters in Chinatown, with four more being proposed uh, by the city's Department of Homeless Services. And here at the Bowery Hanby Hotel is uh, one of those locations. And you can still see some of the remnants of that rally last night. The words, no shelter, painted into the sidewalk here. And the plan is for a a 24-7 shelter here at Grand Street and Bowery would focus in part on drug users and allow them to inject inside. Residents of both Chinatown and Little Italy were here Thursday to say it's too much. One of them was New York State Supreme Court Justice Doris Ling Cohen. We change our life every day because we are scared. And this putting another shelter in our neighborhood when we have six, is an affront to our community and she is referring to the rash of anti-asian hate crimes that we've seen over the last two years here the people in this area are worried that having more homeless people here could make that problem even worse wayne paul mac what are homeless advocates saying about this Well, we know it's a very precarious time when it comes to how the city is dealing with its homeless population. And you think about the subway safety plan and the recent murders of homeless men uh, not too far from here. Advocates say a shelter here would bring mental health services in addition to housing, which would not only protect the homeless, they say, but the people who live in this neighborhood. Uh, The nonprofit Housing Works, which would operate this facility, says it would bring drug users from outside to inside if approved it could open in the next few months.
3: Let's head over to the Weather Center. Take a look at that weekend forecast after a wet start. Some sunshine, Craig Allen. Some sunshine will break
4: through. There's just a shower or two left over this morning over the eastern sections of Long Island. That's all that's left. And so winds will pick up out of the west, dry it out. A gusty wind, in fact, for the afternoon. But because we will have some sun, it should get up to around 60. Partly cloudy for tonight. Low about 45 again, 35 to 40 in the suburbs. Tomorrow... It's not a major storm, but there will be some scattered showers that pop up in the afternoon. Could even be an isolated rumble of thunder. Highs will be in the mid-50s. Sunday, variably cloudy, still a chance of a sprinkle. Windy and quite cool. What is going to be the beginning of a rather cool extended period of weather here. And temperatures will be remaining in the 40s on Sunday. Currently in the city, it's 45 degrees, cloudy sky, humidity
3: 86%, west wind at 8. Craig Allen in the Weather Center this morning and the citizens group that watches over the police, the Civilian Complaint Review Board, reports just 10 cops have been disciplined out of the 104 officers accused of misconduct during the Black Lives Matter protest. It was all the CCRB got, more than 300 complaints altogether. It was able to substantiate claims against those 104 cops. And it says the actions were severe enough that 61 officers need to face administrative trial over this.
1: Several undercover cops posing as gun buyers have pulled 30 guns off the streets in an operation in the Bronx that the DA, Darcelle Clark, says put the cops' lives in danger.
0: Every time the UC met with the defendants to purchase the guns, most of them were loaded, creating a very dangerous situation for that undercover.
1: At least two of the guns were used in shootings. We've made it to Friday. It's the Morning News Roundup. Good morning, I'm Wayne Cabot,
3: And I'm Paul Murname with your three things to know.
1: Ukraine's president Volodymyr Zelensky declared to his people last night in a video message, quote, we are getting closer to victory. British intelligence shows Ukraine is making gains, now reoccupying towns and defensive positions east of Kiev.
3: Number two, President Biden on his way to Poland announced an increase in sh- shipments of American natural gas to Europe. Third thing to know,
1: one week from today is when Connecticut will drop the 25-cent state gasoline tax, except for diesel, for the next three months.
3: Up next, our WCBS News Radio 88 Seconds in Sound for March 25th, starting with the big news this morning in 2020. Dr.
4: Deborah Burks, the White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator, advises anyone who passed through New York City recently or anyone who lives in the city and has left should self-quarantine for 14 days. Also
1: in 2020, this is the date Governor Cuomo ordered nursing homes to accept recovering coronavirus patients, a decision that would backfire as did this one one year later.
2: The governor directed high-level Department of Health officials to test his brother, CNN anchor Chris Cuomo, one of his sisters, and his mother. CNN defended Chris Cuomo, who uh, frequently had his brother on as a guest during the early days of the pandemic, saying that he acted as any human being would.
1: 2003, the conviction of three-term Waterbury mayor and failed U.S. Senate candidate Philip Giordano for raping two preteen girls.
4: Prosecutors said he used his power
1: as mayor of Waterbury to make that happen. He blamed the prostitute who arranged it. He is still in prison. 1990, a man buys a dollar of gas and sets fire to the Happy Land Social Club where his ex-girlfriend worked.
2: 87 people trapped by fire in a Bronx social club.
1: And where escape proved impossible for all but five or six people.
2: Today, in front of 1959 Southern Boulevard, a monument stands in memory of the dead.
1: That fire was the deadliest in New York City since the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire, which happened the same date in 1911, and killed 146 garment workers as young as 14, almost all teenage girls, almost all Jewish and Italian immigrants. The doors were locked in what was then common practice to prevent unauthorized breaks and theft. That building, on Washington Place in Greenwich Village, still stands and is now owned by NYU. 1988, the preppy murder case of Robert Chambers in the death of 18-year-old Jennifer Levin. Chambers has admitted to killing Levin but says it was an accident during a sexual tryst. Robert Chambers pleaded guilty on this date and served every day of his 15-year sentence.
0: This is March 25th.